Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to Active Ingredient. I am your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am a deeply curious person who is constantly on a mission to uncover the light that exists within all of us. Every other Monday, I'll be releasing a solo episode and I'm calling it Active Takeaways, where I'll be talking about a key takeaway or insight from a past guest, resources that have been helpful to me, or just a random topic I think would be useful for us to discuss with the goal of getting us to uncover our own light. Because remember, we all have the ingredient within us. All we need to do is activate it. Hello, we're back with another solo episode and I am keeping my word from the last one because I said I was going to come back here and do a solo on turning 30 and all the feels that came with that. (laughs) I'm now like a week and a day into being 30, so I feel like the anxiety and all of that has subsided. But yeah, I, I wanted to come on and talk about that, but I also thought it'd be a good opportunity to just reflect on the last 30 And um, I put together a list of some learnings. I did 30, well, actually I did 31 just, you know, for this new year of things that just, I feel like I've really learned and have been ingrained in me and that I think have been extremely valuable lessons that I plan to take with myself throughout the rest of my life. And hopefully this list just continues to grow. Um, But I thought that these would be the most valuable. I mean, they are the most valuable to me. So I just wanted to share them with you in case any of them resonate or any of them are something that you want to think about on um, how it could potentially help your own life or situation. So I definitely thought like maybe like four months ago, five months ago, I actually, I remember it was like in April. I remember being like, oh my God, like I can't believe I'm turning 30 this year. My birthday's in July. And I was like, I feel so content and I feel so good and everything's fine. And I don't think I'm going to have a freak out or a meltdown or anything. I think I'm like really stable. LOL. I literally was a frantic disaster. I was so like, so beyond nervous and just, I don't even, nervous is the right word. I feel like I was more like, like a ball of anxiety, questioning every single thing of my life, being like, is this the path that I want? Is this what I want in my life? Are these the people that I want in my life? Is this um, the city that I want in my life? Like literally just asking every question, dissecting every single part of my life, overthinking everything. And it just, you know, like this like huge buildup to this new age or new decade Um, and I just, I mean, obviously everyone knows this, that there's like always like this big thing, like, you know, by 30, you want to do this, you want to have X amount of kids, you want to whatever. So it's like, I actually, to be honest, I actually never even had those goals in my head. I never, I never put like a, by 30, I want to have two kids or by 30, I want to be married or by 30, I want to, I don't know, like own a home, you know, like none of those things I actually had in my head. So it's not even like, I felt like I was coming short of what the expectations were that I put on myself, but there's still this like undercurrent underlying like pressure on turning 30 that I definitely felt. And I mean, I identify as an empath, but oh my God, I really, I really, really felt it. Like my sister called me the day before I turned 30 and I just started crying. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm crying. I literally don't even know why I'm crying. I'm just crying. And I, I, I'm feeling so much and I just feel so much like pent up anxiety. And then the actual day came and I was totally fine. And I actually, I had like one of the best days ever. And I don't know what that means or like if like I'm going to have to like, 
you know, prepare for 40 or the people in my life are going to have to prepare for 40 because, oh my God, I feel so bad for McGuire, my boyfriend, who had to like deal with me every single day when I was freaking out about turning 30. It really isn't that bad. It actually is really nice. I think that the one the day came, it's like just the the whole thing just kind of like settles down and it's like, why was I so anxious in the first place? It's like so dumb, which is actually funny because one of the learnings that I have had in these last 30 years has to do with asking yourself when you're like freaking out if it's worth the freak out. Um, and it was not worth the freak out. So if you're not 30 yet, I'm just telling you it's, I mean, I don't know if you can control it because I don't know if someone had told me this, if I would be able to like actually take that in and not freak out. But I'm just telling you it's not worth it because the day comes and then it's like 100% fine. So that was at least my experience. And I'm actually really excited for 30. Every time that I was freaking out, my friends and everyone around me was like, what are you talking about? 30s are literally the best. Everyone was always talking about how like in your 20s, you're trying to figure yourself out. And in your 30s, you've figured yourself out a little bit more. And it's more like uh, established, like flourishing, abundant life. Every single person in my life that is older than me was telling me the same thing. They were like, 30s is literally the best time of their life. So you know what? I am going to just take a page out of their book and I have been embracing it. And so far, I mean, in this little short week and one day, I have uh, really been enjoying it. And I'm just trying to step into this new decade and just really, like, I wanted to do this exercise for the podcast, but also for myself on like, what did I learn? What do I want to take with me from my 20s or from, you know, all of my years <laughs> before to this new decade and um, just stepping into this new era of my life. And um, yeah, so let me take out this list I put together. Okay, so I did 30, well, I did 31, but 30 takeaways for 30 years of life. Um, I'm sure that I'm missing some, but these are the ones that just like came to me. I honestly started this list a little bit tipsy, but they were very true. They, they came very organically. So, okay. The first one is cultivating a gratitude practice. You guys know, I talk about this all the time on the podcast as someone who tends to run a little bit anxious and like my mind can go down a spiral. Um, cultivating a gratitude practice has helped rewire my brain, find the positive in situations. And it's now become so like, I do it. I do it so often that like now my, my, natural thought pattern is way more positive and it's kind of like on autopilot. So my suggestion is to start that as soon as you possibly can, because it does take some time for your brain to get to that place. But, um, and trying to stick to your gratitude practice being like the smallest things that you can find in your life that you're really grateful for. Um, like for example, right now I'm extremely grateful that I have powerful AC because it is so damn hot in New York. All right. The second one is to work on your relationship with God. I'm going to do a whole episode on spirituality at some point, but um, I just wanted to say this in here. I know that it is a very big subject and um, it, I mean, everyone comes from different backgrounds. I came from a very, you know, Catholic, all girls school upbringing. And so it's taken a lot of taking a step back and trying to like remove myself from all the things that have been ingrained in my head. And instead of it being just like autopilot for you know, my relationship with God, I've tried to take a step back and be deliberate, deliberate about what I am experiencing and what I want for my relationship with a higher power. And that has been a massive game changer. You know, just when things are happening in life and you just need to, you know, remove yourself from being the one that's in full control, because ultimately we're never in full control. And 
actually exercising a daily relationship with a higher power and releasing that has been a massive game changer. And I think I've, I've been really working on that for probably like the past like three or four years. But I remember even in college being like, I, I want to have a relationship with God and I didn't know how. And it's taken a long time for me to get to this place. And I am, I'm always working on that, but that is a huge one. The third one is that people only care about themselves. So you might as well just focus on what you actually want to do. If you're scared of what people think, people literally do not care. They really only care about themselves. If they're going to talk shit or if they're going to send a screenshot of whatever you're doing to their friends and talk bad about you or whatever, like it'll be for one second and they're going to go back to thinking about themselves. And that's worst case scenario. So if that happens, like who cares? They literally poor them. They probably want to do something and they are stuck in a fearful mindset and they feel the need to like do that. But first of all, that group of people is really, really, really small. Majority of people literally don't care enough to send anything to anyone or to think twice about it because again, they're thinking about themselves. So you have one life. And so you might as well just do what you want to do and try a million things, throw spaghetti on the wall. And literally who cares what people think they're only caring about themselves anyway. Uh, Four is actively listen. This is really hard for me. I remember when I started working, the consistent feedback I got from all of my managers and my bosses was that I was not a good listener, that I would always just like go in with my opinion or like go in and just like say what I thought we should do and not really listen. And this podcast has helped me a ton with that. You know, there, it, there, a lot of people think you're just like on a podcast talking to people. It's like, yes, you definitely are talking to people, but there is, there is a practice of listening and actually taking in the information of what the other person is telling you and responding or not responding to what they're saying. And this is harder for me because again, like I'm a very, like I, I, I'm naturally reactive but listening just saves you a ton of time because sometimes like you'll just want to throw your opinion or what you think should happen out in the world. And like, that's not even the solution to the problem that's being shared with you, you know? So actively listening has been a big one. Um, working out, working out is something that I wanted to put on here and not really so much for body, even though that is a amazing benefit. And I absolutely love it for that. But I really, I'm saying working out for your mental well-being. I I work out almost every single day and it's really, really more so for my mental health. Um, Every single time that I sweat, I just feel like I'm literally releasing whatever it is that's like pent up inside of me. Um, And sometimes when I work out in the morning, I just feel like I've like dumped whatever like residual things I'm feeling or like things that I just like don't want to be like living or existing in my body anymore. And it's just like literally coming out and I see it physically in my sweat And just, you know, all of the amazing hormones and chemicals that happen in your body when you exert yourself are incredible. And so a great takeaway I've learned in my 30 years is to work out more so for your mental well-being than for your physical. And that means finding things that you actually enjoy doing um, or how you enjoy feeling after. Six, people care about how you make them feel. That is the most important thing to know when you are having body image issues or when you're like, oh my God, my acne is so bad. I don't want to be around people. Or when you're feeling like, I don't want to go to this event because of whatever. People only care about how you make them feel. The only impact that really actually happens, no one is like, oh my God, you know, I really want to invite Sophie to this dinner party because she has flawless skin. Or, oh my God, I really want to go on this trip with Sophie because, you know, 
her outfits are on point. No. People want to be around people because of how they make them feel. That has taken me a long time and I still have to practice that when I feel insecure about what I'm looking like or whatever. I'm like, who cares? You know, I know that like I am fun to be around and I want like, you know, to be around the people that I find to be fun. And who cares if I have a pimple on my chin? Because you know what? I've had a pimple on my chin for pretty much the last 10 years and it hasn't stopped me from being able to make people feel good and for other people to make me feel good if they have a pimple on their chin too. So that's a really big one. Seven, taking constant inventory on how people make you feel, if they energize you or if they drain you, which is kind of a piggyback off of the last one. Yeah, always, I've said this before on the podcast a million times, take inventory on how people make you feel. If there are people in your life that you hang out with all the time and they're draining your energy, you really need to reconsider the way that you're either hanging out with them, if that's a person that you just need to not have in your life for a little bit of time until they figure their stuff out. But taking constant inventory on how people make you feel and if they energize you or they drain you, is massive. Um, this one is eight in Spanish. I'm going to say it in Spanish. Um, it's lo que es tuyo, nadie te lo quita, which means what is actually yours, there's no one that can take it from you. And this was a really big learning that I had to learn several times in my 20s because I, with my current partner, uh, Maguire, we have been you know, we've been together for 11 years, but we haven't been consistently together the whole time. And throughout like, you know, the ons and offs, they were really, really difficult. And, you know, I've had other relationships also that, you know, were like in the middle of all these things. And that's a piece of advice that my mom gave me that I have taken with me literally forever. And it just really relieves. It's kind of like a mix of like really trusting in in the universe or higher power. And also just like, knowing that exactly what's supposed to happen is going to happen because when we would break up or whenever we would have like a, a rough time, I would, my fear was always like, well, what if, you know, I lose him forever? What if, you know, and by the way, every single breakup that we had was absolutely necessary to get us to where we are today. So again, like, I'm so glad that they happened, but it was one of the be- the best learnings I've ever had is to know that what is yours is yours and there's not another person that he could date that could take them. I dated someone else and that didn't take me away from him ultimately, you know? And I really, truly believe that like, if you step into that and you really, really believe that what is yours, no one can actually take away from you in whatever capacity or way that that manifests, that is 100% true. Um, so I don't know if anyone listening is either going through a breakup or going through a separation from someone. This has been a really, really big one um, that helped me a ton. So I know, Mommy, that you're listening. <laughs> so thank you for one of the best pieces of advice and wisdom that you've shared with me. Nine, setting boundaries. Um, I recently learned this one. I've actually, this is like in the past year I've learned this one because uh, I'm typically like a yes person or like I'll bend to like make the other person happy. And I'm over that because I have learned through therapy that whenever you don't actually set a boundary, you are you are not choosing yourself. So then resentment grows and it's just not good for anyone. It's not good for the person that you're bending for because ultimately you're going to resent them and it's not good for yourself because you're letting yourself down. So there are so many different ways to go about boundaries and there's so many amazing experts in the space. I'm not one of them. Like I said, I literally just started doing that. I recently had the founders of the Mind app, M-I-N-E apostrophe D. This is not sponsored, but I just wanted to say this because I went on their app when I needed to figure out a boundary 
And there's this expert on boundaries. Her name is Terry Cole, T-E-R-R-I Cole. And she has a whole series on the Mind app on boundaries. I listened to it and I literally just went and implemented that boundary into my into my personal life. And it has been amazing. And I literally felt like, oh my God, is this what it feels like to like actually put boundaries? Because the other person respected them and I felt amazing. And I was like, oh my God, I need to just start doing this like all across the board. So everyone in my life, watch out because I'm about to be a boundary machine. 10, um, try therapy. I know that it's not for everyone and I know that it could be daunting, but um, I think that even doing a few sessions can really help you understand why you either like are the way that you are, react, why you have specific patterns. Um, and it's just really good to listen to someone that you know is like a objective third party that has no like stake in the game on, you know, if you're going to a friend that like maybe wants you to sway one way or like if, you know, there's just like so many things that you have to think about when you're like venting to someone about something. So I think that even trying therapy for a few sessions is super worth it. And you don't have to stick to doing therapy for the rest of your life. You can go for a short amount of time. You can do a few sessions. Um, What's worked for me a lot or what I think I'm going to start going to now is every other week, just like for maintenance and just, you know, to keep things uh, in a good spot. 11 is to take calculated risk and go for it. And I'm saying this as a 30-year-old without kids. So also like take that with what I'm, you know, what phase I am in in life. But I have been really conscious about taking risks now and identifying where your safety nets are. And, you know, everyone's coming from a different spot. But if you have certain safety nets, whether that be supportive family or whether that be savings, a big, a big one is to take calculated risks and just go for it. Because again, as we've witnessed in the pandemic, we literally do not know how long we have. So you might as well go for it, but also don't be uh, irresponsible. So just make sure that you have identified what your safety nets are, um, but just take the risk anyway. Or not anyway, if you don't have the safety net, but more likely than not, there is some sort of safety net around you. 12 is to always look for the learning in everything that happens in life. And I tend to look for learnings in situations that are either painful or difficult or challenging, or honestly, or I even do this in work, like whenever we have an event or whenever we are working with a client and like something happens, like I always ask like, what is the learning here and how can we do better? Or if there's something in my personal life that's happening that I'm just stuck on and it feels like it's really intense and I, 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 or maybe like even a little bit negative, I'm always asking, what is this here to teach me? What is the learning from this? And um, that just like opens the pathway for your brain to start recognizing what you're like, what you can take away from that event or from that situation. 13 is that when people are rude or mean or out of control, they have their own situation going on. And I I have been working on this for a long time and it's taken me a long time to get here, but not reacting. And I think this is a function of like meditating and just doing a lot of personal work to get here, but really recognizing that anyone who is extraordinarily reactive or angry or mean or, 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 you know, someone that's like honking on the street, like a crazy person, like that has nothing to do with you and has everything to do with them And the best thing that you can do in that situation is see it for what it is and wish them peace because that is literally the only thing that's going to help that person out and has, again, nothing to do with you. So 
Um, I definitely have to practice that muscle a lot more in Miami when people are being insane drivers and not wanting to react and like scream or, or talk back to someone who might be like cursing at me or whatever on the street. Like that has absolutely nothing to do with me and poor them. Like they have to deal, they have to deal with themselves in that situation. And I really wish that they are on a path to figure out why they're like that because that's just not no way to live. And I can't imagine having to like sit with myself every day if that's like the person that I was. 14 is, oh, I didn't even realize that it was 14. And this was actually my resolution for 2014, which is ask for what you want. And this is a really good piece of advice that my dad gave me early on in my career. And it was to ask for what I want. The worst thing that can happen is that someone says no, but there is at least an option for someone to say yes. And that really helped me. It cared me so much. I still use that uh, till this day. Um, And it's ask for what you want in my brain since I had that as my resolution as uh, the 2014 resolution. I always say ask for what you want 2014 because that's what I used to say that year and I still say it now and all my friends know it too. They're like, ask for what you want 2014. Um, But yeah, so ask for what you want. The worst thing that can happen is that someone says no and literally they're going to forget five minutes later. So who cares? Back to like people only caring about themselves. Ask for what you want because the best thing that can happen is that you get what you want. Worst thing that can happen is that they say no, but they literally will forget in two minutes. So who cares? 15 is that it's okay to not be extremely happy all the time. I think that society really like tries to get us to buy into this idea that like being happy or happiness is a 24-7 every single day thing. And we are human beings that have fluctuating emotions, some more than others, raising my hand over here. Um, and it's not, it's not normal, nor is it actually beneficial to be elated 24-7 because it does take these ebbs and flows to also recognize when things are really good and to not set that expectation for yourself that if things are feeling weird, that there's something wrong. There's not, that you're just a human being going through an experience and the the ups and downs, they're two sides of the same coin and you just have to see it as that and expect that there's going to be times in your life where things feel a little bit more difficult, but know that as it always has previously, the good times are going to come and you're going to be able to recognize them even more. Uh, 16 is to make your bed every single day. Make it every damn day in the morning before you start your day. It really just sets the tone. It just it's a like a subliminal message to yourself, like you're on top of your stuff. And it's just, I mean, who doesn't want to, at the end of the day, after a long day, want to get into a freshly made bed? Um, 17 is keep the promises that you make to yourself. Um, this is a really, really important one on building confidence. And um, also has been one that I've had to like continue to like revisit and learn how to do it better because I feel like sometimes I'll put so much on my plate that's literally physically impossible for me to meet all of them. And so then I feel like I'm letting myself down because I'm not hitting all the things that I want to do. And I feel like I'm not keeping the promises that I make to myself. So it's like a balance, like make promises to yourself, make sure that they are challenging, but attainable um, and keep them to yourself. So I'm still in the process of figuring out like, what is my max challenging and how can I make sure that I'm keeping myself accountable to that? 18, um, McGuire is going to laugh at me for this because it took me a long time, but get TSA pre-check, global entry, and clear. I do not have global entry yet, but I'm in process. But TSA pre-check and clear are, it's just so worth it. Like 
tell me that like every single person listening has not had the most stressful situation going on, going to the airport. Like it is worth it. If you've thought about doing it, if you don't have it, like please do yourself a favor. It took me a way longer time than it should have because I actually used to travel a ton and it's just so, so, so worth it. Uh, not sponsored. I wish it was. <laughs> not that it's expensive at all, but I just, anything travel related, I'm down for them to sponsor me. Get TSA, get Global Entry and get Clear. 19 is to read. I used to hate reading when I was a kid. And as I have grown into this 30-year-old person, um, I have literally become obsessed with reading. I think that if you're an anxious person, it really helps kind of just like calm your heartbeat, just, you know, be in a really calm state. And it's a really nice, enjoyable way to either read an exciting story or learn about a specific thing or read a biography it's just incredible. It helps with vocabulary. It just helps with being present also. And it really helps if you run anxious. Uh, 20 is create a morning ritual and romanticize your life. I'm obsessed with mornings. So this is also like maybe I'm partial because maybe people like their evening routines better. But for me, a morning routine is next level. I adore one. Let me know if you think that I should do a whole morning routine episode. I don't know how long it would be. It actually would probably be long because I have like the most dramatic morning situation, but having a morning routine and being excited about what you're waking up to in the morning is so important and, uh, romanticizing your life. Like we don't have to have these like robotic commuter, like point A to point B, point B to point C lives. Like every single day, just because it's a Tuesday, doesn't mean that you can't go on your rooftop and have a glass of wine, or it doesn't mean that on a Wednesday, you can't take a middle of the day workout class or, all these different things. Like I urge everyone to not be weekend warriors and to really romanticize every single part of your life because it just makes for a way more abundant and nice life. And you don't have to wait for the weekend. Also, who the hell came up with the five day work week, two day weekend? Like that just does not, that, how is that, how does that make sense? If we only have one life and you want to spend five days doing boring things and two days catching up on the things that you actually want to do and resting. No, it doesn't make sense. So big one is romanticize your life every single day of the week, find things that make you happy and do them not just on Saturday and Sunday. 21 is to stay curious and ask as many questions as you can. And just because something has been some way for a long time does not mean that you can't change it, disrupt it, make it different. Um, especially if there's like a recurring problem and you're like, I can't seem to figure this out. Like ask questions. Why is it the way that it is? How can we make it better? Who do we have to get involved to make this a better situation? Is this something that we just need to not do at all? Like just ask questions and you'll find a solution the more questions that you ask. 22 is that if you are lucky enough to come from a loving and nourishing family, family is in that case, the most important thing in your life. Um, I am a huge family girl and, uh, that to me is my biggest top priority. Um, I view McGuire, my boyfriend as my family and my family, like as literally the most important things in my life. Um, and nourishing and cultivating that bond with your family is the most important thing that you can do. Again, if you are lucky enough to come from a loving and nurturing family. Not everyone is that privileged. So I just want to make sure that I'm saying that because I know that some people listening may not feel that, but 
that does not mean that you cannot create your own family and make that bond for yourself. But family is the most important thing ever, whether it's chosen family, whether it's the family that you create or the family that you come from or all three of them, that is the most important thing in your life. 23, sugar is the enemy. I wish that I had this under control, but I know that it is. I feel it when I have a lot of sugar. My acne is out of control. I sleep like shit. Um, I'm like just not vibrant or sharp or any of those things. There are so many studies out there that attest to sugar being the worst thing ever. I literally eat my overnight oats because I'm trying to control my blood sugar level. So I don't feel the need to have sugar at the end of the day. Um, yeah, sugar is the absolute enemy. Try whatever you have to do to get that under control. Also, if you have tips for that, let me know because again, I don't have that fully under control. 24, getting blackout drunk is never worth it and it's not cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's just, I don't really need to speak much to that, but it's just, it's just not cool. Uh, Figure out how many drinks it takes to like make you feel whatever like that buzz that you like to feel is without getting a hangover and stick to that. I will keep you guys posted on how that changes for me right now. My like number is like two and a half ish, depends on like how much I've eaten or whatever, but like around two and a half drinks and I feel good. Um, three is like fine, but two and a half. And uh, that's my situation. But yeah, just a big learning. Getting extremely drunk is never worth it. And it is not cool. 25, get comfortable being alone and make time to just sit with yourself. This one's difficult. And I would like to create more space to do this. But even just creating space in the morning, in your morning ritual, maybe it's meditation, maybe it's literally just sitting with yourself, having a coffee, no phone, Um, just creating space. Or maybe it's also like if you're eating lunch, instead of like watching a show on your phone or stories or listening to a podcast, like it doesn't have to be every day, but just try to create space to be with yourself. Um, that's literally where all the answers lie, by the way. It's, it's difficult to do. And there's times in my life where I'm really good at it and times in my life where I'm terrible at it. But when you are consistently doing it, I promise you that that's where a lot of answers come and it's worth it. 26 is to drink water, eat vegetables and wear SPF. I just put those three in one because I didn't want to like give each one of them their own thing, even though they're all deserving, but whatever. Drink a ton of water. I mean, that's it. Drink a ton of water, eat vegetables, um, and eat like fiber rich vegetables because that helps things move. If you know what I mean, they're just overall excellent for your body and wear SPF. I started doing that maybe like not that long ago, like five years ago is when I started really maybe less, maybe like three years ago, uh, wearing SPF every single day. Um, it's just, I haven't really like seen the results of that right now, but everyone older than me has said, and so many people have continued to say that wearing SPF is the move and that if they can tell their younger self something, it would be to wear SPF. So we don't need to learn from our own mistakes on this one, guys. We should just all be wearing SPF. Um, 27, get fresh flowers weekly. This is like, I mean, this is my for my learning. I love fresh flowers and I really think that they make just like a fresh, exciting new vibe to the day or to the week. So that's why it's there. Um, spend time in nature daily. I live in New York City. So if I can find nature daily here, anyone can find nature anywhere. Um, and that can, that doesn't mean that you need to literally be in like a, uh, mountain in Yosemite. That just means that you could go walk to the pier and hear the water 
or walk to your nearest park and look at the trees. Um, my rooftop has like a beautiful greenery situation. So I go there every day. I try to go to every day or to the courtyard that has uh, greenery, take a walk outside. That is all nature. 30. Franticness sucks. And I am such a frantic person. And I am putting this on here because I recognize it. So it's something that I definitely want to do better at. But um, it's not something that I have under control. It's just something that I've learned in my 30s that when I'm not frantic, I am so much happier and more at ease, which is really what I'm always seeking. And um, being frantic is just never the move. So So far, what I've learned from that is really just over-preparing and being honest with yourself on like, for example, for me, it's like I'm always frantic, like leaving the apartment or trying to get to a place on time and being actually honest with myself on how long it takes me to get out the door. What are the things that I need before I leave? Or if it's like looking at your schedule and figuring out your travel, like what is actually going to make you feel good and stable and, you know, figuring out what are the things that you can prepare for to make yourself less frantic because franticness, like that vibe, it's just like, I want to leave that behind in my twenties and not be frantic in my thirties and moving forward. Um, and 31, this is the last one. And this is one that I just, you know, I said 30, 30 takeaways, but I wanted to add just one more is to ask yourself if whatever you're going through or if something, if like a specific situation if you're in a fight with someone or if something is upsetting you or if you're, I don't know, judging something, like, will this matter in a month? I always ask myself, like, if something's bothering me, will this will this matter in one month? If the answer is yes, then I give it brain power. If the answer is no, then it is literally not worth your time. Your time is your most valuable asset. Do not spend time on it. I can't tell you how many times McGuire and I have gotten into a fight. And literally a week later, I'm like, oh yeah, what was that fight about? Not worth it. Not worth it. We probably spent like 30 minutes fighting and then like the residual feeling of a pit after fighting for absolutely no reason. I didn't even remember what the fight was one week later. So always ask yourself, does, does this actually matter? Like if it matters, if it's like a bigger issue that needs to be resolved and that you're going to be thinking about it in a month, give it brain power. If it is not something that you're going to be thinking about in a month or that you're going to remember what it's even about in a month, then it is not worth it. So these are some of the things that I've learned. I'm probably missing some, but uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and I uh, I'm really excited to hear what you guys think. If there is anything that you guys have learned, uh, that you want to share with me, I am all ears. I love hearing everyone's takeaways. And if you're turning 30 and freaking out, please DM me. Or if you did, did freak out, like I'm happy to talk about it. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll be back next week with a exciting guest. And, um, actually while I'm still here, I would really appreciate it if you guys could give, the podcast five stars on Apple. If you're on Spotify, if you can also click the subscribe button, but if you're on Apple podcasts, if you like scroll down a few episodes, you'll see that there's like a thing to put five stars. It really, really helps. Like it helps with the algorithm for Apple podcasts to get it in front of 
other people and to get more listeners. And I told you guys that I'm trying to grow the podcast to have it be, you know, a bigger thing. But if you can do that, that would be absolutely amazing. And also on Apple Podcasts, you can click subscribe, which again, it just really helps move the algor- move the podcast up the algorithm for it to be open to a wider sea of people, which is why I'm asking. Otherwise, it's not really just for me to be like, oh, I have this many. No, it's because it actually gets it helps the system move it so that we can get in front of more people. And I would really, really appreciate that. Thank you guys again so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and please message me, DM me. Um, And if you guys have any guest ideas, let me know also. All right, bye. Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. You have no idea how much it means to me. And I really do hope that you left this conversation feeling lighter, more in tune, and with some tools to apply to your own life. Please feel free to reach out to me via DM on Instagram. I would absolutely love that, which I have linked in the show notes on any feedback or guests that you want to have on. And if you do have a second, I would really appreciate you giving the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and a quick review. It really helps getting the podcast in front of more people like you. See you next week.